Hello everyone and welcome to the first official episode of The Mind Project. My name is Paige. I'm going to be your host for this podcast. I'm so excited that we actually have an episode. I've been waiting for this launch for a really long time and thank you if you've been waiting since the trailer episode. I'm so glad I'm finally here, finally ready to deliver some content. So I thought I would start off the episode talking a little bit about me, who I am, just in case you've never heard of me before or you didn't find the podcast through Instagram or through my YouTube channel. So I'm 19 years old. I'm a uni student. I'm currently doing a Bachelor of Business and a Bachelor of Laws. I started that in 2020. So that brought its whole own set of challenges, I think, which is something I'll get into in the coming episodes as well. I also launched my own business in 2020 which is the study club. So I basically tutor students in high school and even primary school. I offer personal coaching and mentoring. And that's something that I've loved growing and nurturing in 2020. That was a big goal of mine to launch my own business. So I'm so happy that that was possible this year. And I think I've learned a lot of stuff from that, which will definitely feature in some of the coming episodes, certainly. I'm also very entrepreneurial. And I think that's a big kind of staple of my personality. And I've loved starting projects. I've always been fascinated by social media, especially. I think I posted my first YouTube video when I was about 12 or 13. So just the idea of producing content, the process of making that, the process of, you know, I think it's very entrepreneurial doing social media. And I've really enjoyed that. And my whole goal in life, really is to own my own business. So definitely social media is a great launch pad into other projects. And I found that when I opened my own business this year, the study club. So I really have always loved YouTube. I've always loved Instagram. And over the past year, I feel like podcasts have saved me. I really think that There's a level of intimacy and a level of depth that you can go into in a podcast episode that just is not possible in your regular YouTube video or in an Instagram caption. And I really wanted to contribute to this space, to this podcast space. There's a lot of stuff I want to talk about and some real topics that I really want to dive deep in. And I think they're conversations that need to be had. And I'm a huge believer that personal development should be a part of every single person's life. It is something that should ongoingly be worked on. And I'm really excited to maybe facilitate that for you. If it's something you've never even heard of before, or you've never tried, or you've never known where to start, I really hope that we can grow together, you and me, and learn more about personal development, more about ourselves, more about our mindset, more about manifestation, which is something I am a huge fanatic for, and I'm very excited to produce some content on that as well. So really, this podcast is intended to be a space where you can consume positive content that serves you, positive content that challenges you to grow and develop as a person. And I'm really excited to be your host for that. So in 2020, as COVID was happening, there were a lot of changes, obviously, for everybody that, you know, were kind of forced upon us. And for me, that was moving to online university when that wasn't really something that I ever saw myself doing. That was a huge challenge for me. And I really think that COVID-19 forced 2020, for me at least, to turn into the year of introspection. Really turning inwards. And when you have all this external interaction, you know, 
your social life in many ways, your um, expression stripped away from you. You really are forced to turn inwards and ask yourself questions like, who am I? What do I really value? What kind of person do I want to be? Am I living my life the way I want to? What, you know, limitations have I put upon myself? Who, who do I want to be growing up essentially? And I think 2020 was the year of introspection for me in that way. And I think that really is going to be the theme of this episode today, which is turning inwards and asking yourself, how much of who I am is actually me? How much of how I behave is authentic? How much of you is you, essentially? And that was a question that really guided 2020 for me. How much of who I am was actually me? So today's episode is going to be split into three parts. Firstly, we're going to take a look at how to recognize inauthenticity or kind of a dissonance in who you think you are versus who you are acting like or how you are expressing yourself or how you're presenting yourself to society. Then the second part of today's episode is going to be about unlearning and stepping back into authenticity, how to do that. And then finally, we're going to talk about some strategies that I found really helpful to kind of amplified that authentic part of myself and quiet any expressions of inauthenticity. And I'm going to give you some strategies that I have really found useful and hopefully you can find useful as well. So first off, let's talk about how to kind of recognize you leaning into inauthenticity as compared to your authentic self. So when I left school, I finished high school in 2019. There's this period at the end of your final year in Australia, where I live. I'm from Sydney, by the way, um, where you have three months gap. So you finish high school. And then if you do choose to go to university, that kind of starts three to four months after you've finished year 12. And there's this weird limbo phase where you've just gone from being in what I would consider some of the most intense academic periods of our lives to having almost nothing to do and you're just in a process of waiting for something or waiting for something to start. And it's this weird kind of limbo where your energy goes from being so chaotic and almost this frenzy to settling back and returning back to yourself and the things that you want to do and don't necessarily have to do. Um, and I was at the end of that year and really the only thing I knew was coming was that I was going to start university in 2020 and I was very excited for that. But I think in those three months, I recognized that throughout year 12, throughout year 11, throughout kind of my whole high school experience, there were times where I had been incredibly detached from who I actually was and from what I actually wanted. I had been very detached from my intuition and was doing a lot of things and was expressing myself in ways that were to meet the expectations of other people. And this was a really cool epiphany, obviously something very confronting, but a really cool epiphany to have in this three-month gap. And I think a lot of personal growth happened in that period. So some of the questions that started to come up was, you know, am I really into academia as much as everybody thinks I am or as much I think I am 
do I really want to study the things that I'm studying? Am I really as interested in certain things as I say I am? Are there potential interests that I'm actually hiding out of fear of what people will think? These were kind of the questions that I tried to unpack in those three months and was forced to unpack on a much deeper level in 2020 when online university happened. And that introspection just amplified so, so much more. And I remember finishing 2019 and beginning 2020. And normally each year I have kind of a focus or a theme that I like to put on the year and what I'm going to try and work on. And I've had it be kindness before, uh, healing, like there've been different words that have always popped up and I've attached to a year and what I'm going to focus on. And in 2020, my word was authenticity. And I went to a personal development camp. I expressed to other people that that was going to be my goal for the year was to return back to my authentic self and to lean into authenticity. And I realized at that point that it was so hard and it was going to be so hard to fulfill that theme because I don't think I really knew who I was detached from my high school experience. I only knew myself in that circumstance and with the layers of expectations and almost limitations and interactions that were guided by other people and guided by this external world and external circumstances around me. So it was hard because I didn't really know who I was out of high school. And I think that's something that I hope you can relate to. And I think a lot of us can. This weird limbo where you take yourself out of such an intense, close, close-knit bubble and it's kind of burst and you don't really know. There's there's much less direction, I suppose. So when I realized I don't really know what I want or I recognize this kind of discontentment within myself or this dissonance and this inauthenticity that may have popped up in quite a few areas of my life, I felt immensely discontented, kind of restless and that was, I think, very difficult to realize that, you know, how much of what I've been doing has been a front or have I actually haven't given my time. I haven't actually given myself the time to turn inward. And in doing so, like, who am I now? I've never really given myself that immersion before, that self-immersion. And I was quite discontented and very restless and Everything kind of felt like it was up in the air. So I think our identity is always being reaffirmed to us in our interactions with others. For example, if you are an incredibly edgy person, let's say, and you express that in your fashion, when people see you, they might comment on your fashion. And in that way, your identity is reaffirmed back to you. So when we had this gap and which was amplified in 2020, where much of your social circle, it's no, it's nowhere near as crowded or around you as intensely because you're removed from the high school experience, but also removed from the uni experience when we had to go online in 2020. I think when you take all that stuff away, an illusion that you might have created about yourself fractures as well because it's not constantly being reaffirmed and strengthened back to you through the comments and through the opinions of other people. So 
I want to read you a quote that really guided 2020 for me. And I think this was a huge realization coming out of high school and then going into university was there's always this phrase, you know, you have to find yourself. You have to find out what you like and you have to find what lights you up and all this kind of stuff, which I think to a level is true. But I found that this quote resonated with me more. So I'm going to read it to you now. It's by a woman called Emily McDowell. And she says, and I quote, finding yourself is not really how it works. You aren't a $10 bill in last winter's coat pocket. You are also not lost. Your true self is right there, buried under cultural conditioning, other people's opinions and inaccurate conclusions you drew as a kid that became your beliefs about who you are. Finding yourself is actually returning to yourself, an unlearning, an excavation, a remembering who you were before the world got its hands on you. So that quote was incredibly powerful for me because I think there was this restlessness in the idea of finding myself. When I think this is a more accurate depiction of it, I think it's about unlearning. I think it's about returning back to like who you are as a person. And yes, of course, people can change, but I think there are certain things that are really soul level, that are really you, that almost get buried in other people's opinions and in conditioning. And it's about clearing all of that and returning back to yourself. So there are three things that I think can really start that excavation and that process of unlearning. And the first thing for me was to find an outlet for self-expression purely for me. So what I mean by this is find a practice that you can engage in or some form of self-expression that you don't need to show to other people or you're not going to show to other people. So for me, that was journaling. It could be painting. It could be dancing. It could be anything. And Of course, these things eventually, you can, of course, share them with other people. There is immense power in doing that. But the reason why I say start with it just being for you is because I think when we're beginning this process of excavation, we need to limit the opinions of other people, at least at the start, and really turn inwards to the things we want to say and to not put barriers or limitations around how we can express ourselves. And unfortunately, some of those limitations are just naturally going to pop up when you start creating things for other people, I think. So at the beginning, it's really important to have something that is just for you. And in that way, you're free to express yourself however you want. And things will begin to surface about your actual desires. And I think you get much more clarity around yourself and around the things you want when you give yourself an outlet for self-expression that is just for you. So for me, that was journaling. And I think I might do a whole episode on my journaling practice because that has been truly transformational, as cliche as that sounds. So I won't get into that too much here, but that's the first thing that I would encourage you to do if you want to start this process of excavation and of unlearning that Emily McDowell speaks about. The second thing that I would say or recommend to do is to go back to what you liked doing as a child. So for me, it was fascinating to learn and use as a metaphor just how many things I wholeheartedly, purely believed in as a child about myself, about society, about the world that broke down over time. And it really made me question what other things did I believe about myself 
you know, helpful, empowering beliefs that society may have also broke down as well. So for example, when I was little, I genuinely believed in this other plane where animals were around me and they were invisible and I could feel them and I could interact with them. That was a belief I held so, so strongly as a child. I also at one point remember as a kid believing that I could control water. Now, obviously, some of these things like being able to control water are not feasibly possible. But the point that I'm trying to make is think about something you believed in so much as a kid and it just kind of fell away because other people's belief systems started to weigh it down. So for example, let's say as a child, you really loved painting and, you know, your parents might've got you some paints on the weekend and you would paint to like your heart's desire. There was no concern about, does this look good? There was no concern about, you know, will someone buy this? Is this good enough? Is this a display of talent? It was purely an expression of bliss. It was purely something that you enjoyed doing and something that kind of lit your soul on fire and you wanted to continue doing that. And then let's say you're seven or eight years old and somebody tells you your painting looks terrible. Now, that initially might not stop you painting, but over time, there's these little seeds that start to get planted, I think, where we become limited in how we express ourselves because of the opinions of other people. It's just a natural thing that I think happens. But knowing that, there's almost a responsibility that you owe to yourself to unlearn that and to throw away the conditioning, to throw away the limitations of other people and return back to who you are as a person. So I would recommend reigniting a practice that you loved as a child that had no expectations or no pressure around it and do it now as an adult. Do it for yourself. Play in that creativity. Play in that self-expression. For me, it was actually painting. I started in, I believe it was year 12, reintegrating painting back into my life. And it wasn't for other people, but it was purely a space where there was no pressure and no limitations. And it was just about what did I want to make? And just having that mindset of what is it that I want to make? What is it that I want to do here? What colors do I want to use here? What materials do I want to use? Asking myself those questions, it means I could start to ask those questions in other aspects of my life. Like, you know, what do I really want to spend my time doing today? What do I really want to put out there? What are some of the goals that I want to create for myself? It's creating little practices that trigger bigger, bigger practices in your life, bigger mindset shifts. So that's what I would encourage you to do. Return back to something you loved as a child and use it to reignite your authentic self. Because I think as children, we are, that is the most pure, authentic expression of ourselves. You know, if you, it's really funny interacting with some kids because some children just have no filter about what they say because it's, it's pure, it's pure expression. It is not clouded or it's not filtered based on what society expects. So to connect back with that quote unquote inner child, I think we need to connect back to the things we love doing as children. And there's something really powerful and really freeing in that. So that's something I definitely encourage you to do. Now, the third thing that I would encourage you to do if you want to begin this 
excavation, begin this return to authenticity, is to recognize where your emotional predominance is. Now, I have really tried over the past few months, and obviously all this stuff is an ongoing process. It's a project we are engaged in for life. That's why I wanted to call this podcast The Mind Project. Because this stuff never stops. You've never perfected these things. I think it's impossible to have perfected them. It continually returns, continually resurfaces. You continually have to work through these things. But something that has been kind of at the forefront of my own personal development in the last few months has been my emotional expression. And I just want to share with you a real revelation I had over the past few months, which is that there are no positive or negative emotions. There are just emotions that make us human. Emotions that demand to be here, emotions that demand to be felt, to be heard, to be seen, but then also demand to be released. And there's a reason why we have these emotions and there's so much we can learn from them. I just wanted to get that out of the way before I share with you this third thing, which is to recognize your emotional predominance. So where are your predominantly quote unquote positive emotions? And where are your predominantly quote-unquote negative emotions? Now, obviously, anger, sadness, grief, annoyance, they serve purposes. But a personal belief of mine is that when you are truly in an authentic state of being, those emotions almost die down. And those happy things like bliss, like joy, abundance, gratitude, those more positive feelings amplify. And I think that a really good way to perceive emotions is that those quote-unquote negative ones almost act as signals for stuff you have to work through. Whereas the positive ones almost act as signals that you're on the right track. So what I encourage you to do is to recognize where do I feel the most bliss, joy, gratitude, uh, contentment in my life and amplify those circumstances, those situations, the people that make you feel like that, create more of that in your life. And wherever you feel recurrent stress, recurrent anxiety, recurrent anger, you need to dampen those circumstances, dampen those situations, and dampen the level of interaction you have with people who make you feel like that. By almost rebalancing yourself in that way, I think that's a huge huge strategy that can help you return back to your authentic self and to deepen that excavation and that process of unlearning on a much better level. The third section of this episode that I really want to go into is if learning about your own conditioning, returning back to your authentic self, creating a life designed by you for you is something you want to lean into even more. There are three things that I think would be really great to have at the forefront of your personal development in this area. We have like a lot of rule of threes today. The first one is to develop a question-based mindset. So asking yourself, you know, what I'm doing right now, is this me? Is this actually what I want to do? Is this bringing me joy? Am I doing this for me or am I doing it for someone else? And I think some people say that introspection can be incredibly confronting and in that way it's exhausting. But I think what is even more exhausting is living unauthentically. So it's about picking, you know, do you want the discomfort of and the exhaustion of introspection or do you want the discomfort and the exhaustion of living a life that 
is not really one you want to live or acting in a way that you don't really want to act in. I think a question-based mindset starts to favor authenticity over some sort of inauthentic expression. The second thing that I would encourage you to do if this is something you want to continue to work on is to explore content related to social conditioning. So actively find people, find, you know, people online, creators, influencers, anybody who works in this area. There is so much information out there that can help you with this process. And really without those creators, without those influencers, without that content, I wouldn't have been able to begin this excavation or this unlearning, returning back to myself. And there's three recommendations I'd like to give to you for this area of unlearning your own social conditioning, returning back to authenticity. The first one is to read Women Don't Owe You Pretty by Florence Given. Now, in an upcoming episode, I'm actually going to unpack all the ideas about self-love, the patriarchy. We're going to use this book as a huge center in that episode with my best friend. So she's going to be the first guest on the podcast. But I'd really encourage you to engage with Florence's content. And I'll leave all the details in the show notes if you would like to check that out. Because she really challenges you to think about social social conditioning if it's something you've never thought about before. So that's my first recommendation. My second recommendation is a podcast that I'd love for you to listen to, which is Pursuit of Bliss by Kristen Jenner. Now, Kristen has been, I think, my my biggest mentor in this area over the past year. And I just bought one of her signature courses as well. So that's something I'm unpacking. And that has actually helped me launch this podcast. So I feel like it would almost be a disservice to you not to recommend that podcast to you as well. And that podcast really challenges you to think about how much of you is for you versus other people. Very, very powerful stuff, powerful content there. So I will also leave that in the show notes. The third recommendation is actually a book that I'm reading currently, but I haven't finished reading. Already, it has triggered so many wonderful thoughts about social conditioning and really forced me to confront some aspects of myself. And that is A New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Very powerful stuff, very powerful stuff. And I think you need to make an active decision to engage with this content. Otherwise, you know, your social media, your environment is continually just going to feed back what you already have. You need to make some actions at the start to widen or expand the kind of content you're consuming. The third thing that I would recommend, which I think is the most important one and the most powerful one, is to give yourself time with no distractions. So for me, that is always in nature. But what I mean by this is limit all the stimuli around you. Don't have AirPods in. Don't listen to music. Don't be with other people. Pure white blank space just for you. And when we quieten those distractions and put ourselves in situations where We're almost forced to turn inward and think about our own thought patterns and, you know, who we are as people. That is when I think intuition and what we truly want begins to surface because we're giving ourselves the time to listen to ourselves. And, you know, if you, if, if your instant reaction to that is, 
oh, I'm too busy. I don't have the time to do that. I don't have, you know, 30 minutes to an hour a day just for me. I think that shows you need it even more because we should be our own priorities. And I'm going to unpack this in a future episode about filling your own cup first. But if you can't give yourself a half an hour to an hour of pure space just for you, pure stillness, I think you should almost be challenging yourself to give yourself even more stillness. Challenge yourself. If you can't do an hour and you think you can't, give yourself two hours of time. And we all have the same 24 hours. It's all just a matter of priority. And if personal development or growing as a person is something that you want to do, there's no way of getting around the fact that you just need to give yourself the time. You need to make it as equally important as all those other things on your to-do list. So that's my final recommendation. Give yourself time with no distractions and sit in the discomfort. You know, when I first started doing that, I used to go um, sit near the water and I would always have AirPods. And one day I was like, I think I'm just putting these AirPods in, listening to other people's podcasts, listening to music to almost escape my own thought pattern and my own dialogue. And I made the challenge that every time I would go sit in nature, I would not listen to a podcast or I would not listen to music and I would purely just sit with my own thoughts and at the start that can be very uncomfortable because we're trained to constantly be engaged with something we're trained to constantly you know feel like we are stimulated in our minds we always have to be looking for something or getting an answer or you know engaging with some sort of content just dial it back and sit through the discomfort of just hearing your own thoughts. And I promise you, authenticity will surface and you will begin to gain much more clarity around the things that you want in life and who you want to be as a person, as opposed to suppressing it with all this other stimuli. So that is the first episode of this podcast done. Thank you so, so much for listening. I appreciate you so much and I commend you for making an active choice to soak in positive, empowering content and to soak in content that will grow you and challenge you as a person. And in saying that, if you felt like this episode served you, I would really encourage you to share it with someone that you care about. You know, I think that as human beings, we are really sponges and we soak up the energy and the emotion behind all the media and all the content around us. So I think it's about, you know, prioritizing ourselves and making active choices to engage with content and engage with media that empowers us as opposed to something that pushes us into a fear-based mindset or something that makes us feel so much stress or anxiety. If you want to get out of that, I think we need to make active decisions to change the content that we consume. And I really hope that I can contribute to that. Now, if you felt like this episode served you, if you felt like you really enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to leave a review of the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Now, before you submit your review, I'd love for you to take a screenshot. And if you send it to the Mind Project Podcast at gmail.com with the subject review, I will send you a guided visualization that I've made especially for listeners who really want to step into their authentic, empowered selves. And that's something that I've loved creating. And I would really love to share that with you. So 
All the details to do that will be in the show notes. But apart from that, thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week. Bye.